for a start, it's already there. So you, when the contractors are going there or when, um, when, when the houses are first built or where people need to go and have a look, you have a way to define it. And secondly, you know, honestly, even when they perhaps a new build area, a, a new street, new houses have been added to the address system, I mean, who knows how long it takes to, to propagate into all the databases that, that people have, um, whether it's the delivery company or the postal service or the electoral register, whatever it is. No, it can really take a long time to get get those things out to all the other the other systems. So, what three words is very effective. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mapscaping Podcast. My name is Daniel, and this is a podcast for the geospatial community. Today, I'm really lucky to have Jack Whaley Cohen on the show, and he's one of the co-founders of a company called What Three Words. And this is a company that has created a coordinate system for humans and is rethinking the way we, we talk and communicate about location. Just before we get into the interview, I want to mention the sponsor of this podcast, Hive Mapper. That's Hive as in Beehive Mapper. And this is the platform that lets you upload video footage to the cloud and have it automatically converted into 3D geospatial layers. One of the really great things about this platform is that you're not locked into using any one kind of sensor or or drone to collect this data. It can come from a variety of different sensors, a variety of different platforms. Simply upload the video footage, the raw video footage to the cloud and it's processed for you. Okay, let's get into the interview. Welcome, Jack. Welcome to the Mapscaping Podcast. I'm so pleased to have you on today. I've actually done an interview with, with, with one of your team members before, but the sound quality was just too poor and I could not get myself to publish it. So I am really pleased and really grateful that you took the time to do this interview with me today. So you are the co-founder of a, a company called What Three Words, and you're doing something really interesting around addressing the way we think about addressing. Um, but before we dive into that, can you tell me how, how you got involved with this company, what your background is? Sure. Um, so yeah, it's very nice very nice to be here. Nice, nice to talk to you. Um, I had been running a translation business for about eight years with a friend of mine. And I left that and was trying to take some time out, started another business, which didn't go particularly well. And my wife and I were about to have our first child. So life was kind of taking a, a new turn. And then Chris Sheldrick, who is one of the co-founders of What Three Words, who I hadn't been in touch with for the years. We had been on the school chess team together, in fact, got in touch with me and said, hey, got something of an idea brewing. Um, I know you've grown a business before in the tech space. You know a bit about languages um, from my translation industry background. Um, Would you have a chat about it? So so we did. And uh, I was I was instantly instantly hooked. And we started doing this startup thing where you get in a room and throw ideas around and work out whether you're actually going to give some of your life over to it. Um, so yeah, that was how I got involved. Excellent. And, and what is it that you gave some of your life to? What What is what three words? So what three words is a way to communicate locations very easily in a very human friendly way. We essentially take latitude longitude coordinates, which are not human friendly at all. And we add a layer of words to make them very easy to communicate. So we have split the entire world into a massive grid of three meter by three meter squares. There are 57 trillion of those squares covering the land and sea of the entire planet. And to each one of those squares, we've assigned pre-allocated an address, which is simply made up of three words from the English language. And in fact, we've subsequently done it now in um, over 37 other languages as well. So the What Three Words office address in London, in What Three Words 
terms, the three-word address is filled count soap, and that takes you to the unique square called filled count soap, which is just outside the entrance to the uh, to the studio building where what three words London office is uh, is located. So that is what what three words is in you know in a, in a nutshell. Okay, so you're providing us with a much easier way of, of navigating of talking about space. And you divided the world up into this grid of three by three meter squares. Why? Why did you choose three by three? Why not four by four, five by five, something like that? Funnily enough, I was I was digging up some old emails the other day because I was doing a uh, doing a talk to some people at the company on sort of what three words origin story and going into perhaps more detail than, than I normally normally would, but it, it felt quite interesting. Um, we we discussed all of these things. We were thinking should we use two words or four words or three meters, four meters, five meters. And there are all sorts of payoffs. In the end, the very best balance we could find was three words, three meters by three meters. We, we contemplated other variations, but there were, you know, there were pros and cons to them all, but there's something about the neatness of the three meter squares and the three words. The um, three, three words is an interesting one because it is a number of pieces of information, three, three units of information that it's well established through all sorts of um, scientific tests that humans can hold that amount of information very, very accurately in in their short term memory. Um, and three meters by three meters is is also a, an amount of space that is practical for most most purposes, and also is you know at, at the limits of the precision that a standard mobile device's GPS will will help you with anyway. So yeah, lots of factors, but in the end. It seemed like a good balance. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of crossover there. Definitely, you've got that the the address is short enough that people can remember it, which is, uh, I guess, a really big part of the problem you're trying to solve. You're trying to get away from those latitude and longitude and the the current addressing system, which, which can be quite complicated if you really stop and think about it. With with different streets, completely different streets, perhaps even in separate parts of the world having yeah. the same name. So I I, I, I definitely get that. And 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 actually, just just on that point, it's not, you know, that diff- many countries in the world just don't have a functional addressing system, and um, the the repeated street names within one city um, can can be extraordinary. I mean, I think Mexico City has six hundred plus Juarez Street, so it gets pretty complicated. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess in terms of the three meter by three meter accuracy that you can get from the system, that. That that must so, that must be good enough, I guess, in terms for a great deal of the navigation sort of challenges that we're trying to solve. Um, I could see definitely imagine scenarios where it wouldn't be good enough, where we need a really high accuracy. But the the system feels like it's designed for people from from the ground up. That's absolutely right. It is. You know, there, there are there are plenty of use cases where a much higher degree of precision is going to be needed and you're going to need professional grade equipment to get that that kind of uh, precision but you know for the vast overwhelming majority of human use cases 3 meters by 3 meters is it's not a big amount of space and you know we do expect people to use their eyes and look up from their devices occasionally you know if you're expecting to find um, an apartment a block or house number 37 or a green door um, once you've got to the three-word address, you're going to look up, and it might be behind you, it might be to your front or to your left, um, but you're going to see what you need to see when you when you get there without any difficulty. It's, it's in a way in the in the logistics industry they talk about the last mile problem. Um, we think with what three words we can flip that uh, to become a last last meter problem, which is you know quite a big quite a big difference. 
Okay, so uh, I guess we've talked a little bit now about the system itself. Uh, you know, it's designed based on the three meter by three meter grid. Every every square in that grid has um, three words that that identify that, and and this is very human understandable and makes it easier for us to navigate. Can you give us some examples of some use cases of of people using this in the wild? Sure, there's there's some very good use cases that we see in the UK at the moment and in other countries, but I'll, I'll focus on the UK where the emergency services in the UK, um, which is very fragmented, there are many separate organisations working together to a greater or lesser extent, but a, a very large number of the UK emergency services have started asking the people in their constituencies, as it were, in their counties, to be ready to give a three-word address if they, if they call in an emergency situation. And there are times where that's not needed or times where other technology um, is, is more useful, but we're hearing on a daily basis, certainly several times a week, real live examples of people who are who are contacting emergency services, reporting issues, where the most useful way in their particular circumstance to communicate their location is using a, a three-word address. So that's that's a really powerful and interesting interesting use case, and uh, it really captures the imagination um, and saves people saves saves people's lives in in you know in in real examples. So that's uh, that's that's one very good example. Um, another one is we have um, several car companies in uh, around the world who are implementing or have implemented what three words in their in-car navigation systems, and that's extremely powerful because I don't know whether you've you ever tried using voice communication with a with a car or with a device. With addresses, voice communication is is not is really not a very good experience. Um, in a car, you really should be using voice communication voice instructions because you shouldn't be pressing buttons and so on and so forth what three words is absolutely designed for voice um, it's very easy for us to configure with the automobile automobile companies to get the three word addresses very clearly understood so an example you can get into um, a very large number of mercedes vehicles all the all the new a classes and everything with a particular um, more recent update on their in-car head unit system. And you can say, hey, Mercedes, navigate me to filled count soap or table, lamp, chair, as the case may be, um, whatever three-word address you're going to, and the in-car system will understand what you're asking and will fire up the navigation system and off you go. And you know very confidently you're going to find the right spot. I'm glad you mentioned that about voice and gave some examples around that because that's one of the first things I, I thought of when I saw the system. I thought, wow, here's a, a, a human system designed for us humans and it seems to be designed for voice because it's so easy to see. Correct. To say. Correct. Um, and what, what three words is really at its best and designed for any communication of location that involves people. You know, if machines are talking to machines, fine. It's best you know, use 25 digits of decimal places for that long and the machines will handle that just fine but the minute a person gets involved you've got to make it easier and you know, humans to devices humans to machines via voice is so so massively on the increase at the moment and it, it feels feels that we you know we're in a good place that what three words is absolutely designed for and optimized and further optimizable for really good you know human to machine voice communication and correct me if I'm wrong, but but this grid, this index that you've made and put over the whole world, that's I'm assuming that's not going to change with time, and 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 so already you've solved one of the problems that we see with the current addressing system. Firstly, it's global, so this will exist everywhere, and and it's the language that Lisa that that defines 
you know the the identification of that square and, and secondly it's not going to be updated so in Denmark for example we we have a new a new street a new neighborhood going in and we either extend the the addressing system by adding more numbers to the existing street or we create a whole new street and this is happening constantly and it's a real struggle to keep up with that and of course this gives all sorts of problems in terms of when you're working with, with GIS for example because so many things are attached to to the to the street level address yeah ab absolutely so um to answer your first point yes it is designed to be fixed like a proper coordinate system once we have released a, a, a three-word address system in a particular language then it will not change it's fixed we put on an enormous amount of work to, to get them as good as possible um, before we re release it and, and that gives the great advantage as, as you say that when a new new builds are, are put up yes they will eventually get street addresses or extension of the systems uh, and you know i think i think that's that's important to have uh, you know to have traditional addressing um but the three-word address gives you, for a start, it's already there. So you, when the contractors are going there or when, when, when the houses are first built or where people need to go and have a look, you have a way to define it. And secondly, you know, honestly, even when they perhaps a new build area, a, a new street, new houses have been added to the address system, I mean, who knows how long it takes to, to propagate into all the databases that, that people have. Um, whether it's the delivery company or the postal service or the electoral register, whatever it is, you know, it can really take a long time to get get those things out to all the other the other systems. So what three words is very effective in that the addressing is it's already done wherever you are in the world. And so you can just start using it um, as soon as you need it. So, so one of the big things I could see where people might have a little bit of pushback on, on this is firstly, you're, you're introducing a completely new system. So we have longitude, latitude coordinates, which machines use. We have the current traditional addressing system. And now we have this other system as well. And, and please don't misunderstand me here. I can see a lot of advantages with what you're doing. But a huge disadvantage I could see is that you're trying to change the culture. You're trying to change the way we understand and relate to, to certain places. And if I think about neighborhoods, for example, people buy into neighborhoods because, you know, there's some perceived value with living in certain areas and they attach a lot of that value to the name. And if you come along and say, well, th this has a completely different name now, like how are you solving those problems? It feels like there's a huge education piece here and a, a huge shift in the culture that needs to happen. I think that's a really, you know, really valid, valid point and certainly one that we are um, we're extremely uh, conscious of and, and aware of. I think on, on the one hand, we, we are not trying to replace existing addressing systems. Um, we provide a very, very powerful complement to those addressing systems. So we're not trying to redefine what whole areas uh, are known as. Um, we're not trying to stop people referring to their, their street names or their, their house numbers. But when you add a three-word address to any of that contextual information, then you get that laser pinpoint precision that helps you once you, you know, once you are in or near the area that you're that you're aiming for. And you also write that education and behaviour change is you know, a big a big challenge. It is for any adoption of any new system and any new technology. Most postcode systems were designed for horse and cart or for delivery of delivery of mail, which isn't just isn't really fit for the way people do things these days. So we, you know, we think that. We think that the education we can do and our um, and our customers do when communicating to their to their users that can really help people understand the, the value of, of a new system. And we were seeing that in you know, many countries around the world now. UK is a, a particularly powerful example right now. And I told you about the emergency services use case. People 
people get it. They see the real life examples of that, how it helps them. And then the behavior change starts, starts to happen and the education takes a, a big step forward. I just want to shift gear a little bit now and, and talk about perhaps another side of this that, that I think is really interesting. And I could imagine, for example, this being seen as a fantastic branding opportunity for, for people. Has anyone approached you saying, hey, I really want my brand name or a certain set of words on a specific location? Um, yes, people do ask about that. And in fact, we, we did trial something like that in the very, very early days of the company, but we, we stopped doing it for, for various reasons. Um, one principally is that it does not provide a, a fixed system that works the same in every device or every implementation around the world. We, we think of what three words like a coordinate system and coordinate systems shouldn't, shouldn't change. Something we haven't mentioned so far, which is relevant to this question is that the, the whole what three word system actually functions completely offline. It doesn't require a connection to the what three word servers. So from that perspective, it's really important for the integrity of the system that nothing changes and that it is that it is fixed. There are there are there are other reasons why we are not looking at customization. Another one is to do with the, the voice communication. You know, then the, as soon as you start customizing and changing names, you start getting into very quickly the problems that traditional address systems have with with voice communication, um, where we can't control the inputs, we can't optimize because we just don't know what you know what people are going to be saying so while, while we acknowledge that people are interested in it it's it's not really a, a direction where you know we're looking to go in um for the you know, right now i'm really glad you you mentioned the offline capabilities of this because this is a function uh, i'm assuming anyway of it being a fixed coordinate system much in the same way we can use any other machine coordinate system offline as well but this this would not be possible with the traditional addressing simply because we have to update it constantly so, so that's a really right. good point so if the internet has taught me anything, it's that the, the network effect is the killer app. You know, the network effect, the more people use it, the more powerful the service or the good becomes. So, so what, what are you doing? How are you spreading this out? How are you creating those integrations? How are you making it so I can use this in, in other services and, and perhaps the devices that, that I'm using today? Yeah, good, good question. And, you know, very, very perceptive and accurate point and it's absolutely how we see our business uh, the network effect is something that we're we're trying to stimulate and one of the key ways we do that is by giving what three words context it's all very well saying isn't what three words an interesting system but people need to understand how and where they can use it so a lot of the time we spend is working with businesses who have location-based requirements, for example, deliveries or travel businesses where people are trying to find things. Um, we've talked a bit about the car companies. So getting people from uh, one place to another place, getting things from one place to, an to another place. So there's, when you think about it like that, if what three words is integrated into taxi apps, as we are in um, various ones around the world, one good example is Kareem in the Middle East, which is uh, owned by Uber. It's the you know it's the Uber of the Middle East essentially. Um, that becomes a context to use what three words. If you're going to visit, uh, if you're going to visit a, uh, another city, and the hotel you're going to has its three word address on its contact page or within the booking confirmation then then you start using it that way and you start sharing that with people within our own apps and our own website we are increasingly working on a, encouraging people to understand the system to find three-word address locations to, to save them and to start sharing them with with their friends or their contacts so um we, we've got all sorts of ways and ideas that we work on every every day to 
let's try and stimulate this this network effect. So a, a lot of the listeners of this podcast will be somehow involved in the geospatial industry. Perhaps they'll be practitioners of, of geographic information systems. How can they use this? Is it is there any integrations that mean that I can just drag this onto my map and start using it today? And and what would that use look like? Will I get a grid? Will I get, you know, will, will there be labels all over the world? What what will it look like? Yeah, absolutely. There, there is. I mean, I, um, I'll answer the question first of all. I'll just tell you, tell you a very, very small, funny sort of early recollection from from the business. We were once we when we were first built, what three words, and we were trying to get people to use it. We we had people saying, oh, do you have any integrations with Esri? And we said, what's Esri? Because we we didn't come from this world at all, which you know it seems inconceivable now not to know what Esri is. And that person would say, they're they're the you know they're the biggest GIS company in the world, and we would say. Hey, what's what's GIS? Um, so we were complete outsiders thinking about this in a, in a new way, but we learned very quickly the importance of the ability to integrate what three words um, and, and to have it functional within these different GIS systems. So uh, we've had a very good relationship with Esri um, from pretty soon after we discovered who they were and how important they were. Um, and um, Jack Dangerbond himself is 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 something of a something of a fan of what three words, which is very very flattering and encouraging. We um, so we, so we have a um, what three words locator that can be used in ArcGIS desktop and online. And what that allows you to do, on the one hand, is to search for three word addresses once when you've implemented the the locator. Um, but it also means that you can drag on a CSV file of three word addresses um, directly um, with additional information on onto your map. Plot those points. See the you know see in the labels of those points the three word address and any other information you've included in your CSV and then apply the usual kind of GIS functions to use heat maps or or whatever else it might be uh, that you're looking at so 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 we have an ArcGIS uh, implementation we have a QGIS implementation um, there are a few others off which off the top of my head I can't can't remember right now but there's a, a good a, a good range and you know, we're aware of the you know the importance of that world to, to what three words um, in a way it's a it's a funny one because people from the GIS world are so used to dealing with latitude longitude coordinates that it's it's a different kind of step for them to get comfortable with three word addresses to understand that part of their role as GIS professionals is to be able to communicate their findings to I'm going to use this word cautiously but normal people non GIS people and um, that that that's where what three words can can help them even if they're totally comfortable as GIS professionals working with all sorts of coordinate systems. Actually, the, the benefit of what three words is to take that out of the, the GIS community and, and make it more usable for, for your everyday people. So uh, I'd like to shift gears again now and perhaps look out into the future because we, we talked about this a little bit for, before. So we have this, this static coordinate system and one of the beautiful things about it is that it, it won't change over time. So we have this constant reference, which, which is really important, gives us a whole lot of advantages. But what, what, what does this mean for the, the future? Because when you have a coordinate system, there's very few coordinate systems that continue to develop over time because they need to be that sort of static reference reference point. How are you or what are you developing around the coordinate system that's going to be exciting in, in the future? Or where do you see it going? Um, that, that's a great question. A lot of the work that we do in, in the company uh, from a technical and product perspective is to make our particular coordinate system, the three-word address system, as usable as possible. So we've talked about the voice work that we're doing. Um, we do a lot of work 
to make it work across a huge range of different platforms. So we've obviously talked about the the GIS um, plugins that we have. We have an interesting development which is now available in some languages within our own mobile apps, which is optical character recognition. So you can, instead of speaking to your device or typing into your device a three-word address, you can press on the camera icon and it will read a page and find the three-word address and use our technology to make sure that you get a really accurate understanding uh, for the device of what that three-word address is. So that, again, brings what three words to life. If you're seeing it in a in a, um, a Lonely Planet guide, for example, um, then you just scan it in and, and, and off you go. And, and another big part of what we're, you know, we, we have developed and is a big part of what three words being usable is the error detection and error correction system, which is something we can continue to evolve over time. So what three words is slightly different to other coordinate systems in that nearby locations are different uh, in terms of the th uh, words that they have to uh, to other adjacent locations. What that means is very easy to detect errors, and we can use very interesting features like correcting for for within a country or within a specific area to make sure that you're extremely unlikely to uh, to accidentally make a mistake. Um, so yeah, the, the high the high level answer to your question is we're we're really just looking at ways to make the technology more usable more human friendly, make it available across a range of platforms. And we talked about this earlier, just just get it out there into the world, get people using it, stimulate this network effect by, by getting it into um, ever more useful contexts, whether it's food delivery, package delivery, finding your hotels, or you know, hopping in your car or your taxi. I really love the, the simplicity of what you've built here. I love the way it's designed for, for humans right from the start, even in terms of the, the, the length of the, um, the address, the three words, the, the three meter squares. I mean, th this is all very human relatable stuff. And I love the fact that it's, it's so usable in terms of voice. And now you're building this optical character recognition. So again, very visual, very human. That, that's, that's amazing. Good, thank you. That's very, very kind of you to, to, to say so. I mean, I have to, I have to, you know, if, I, if I'm being honest, a lot of these things we did think about in the beginning, and other things have been consequences of good slash lucky design decisions early on. But we've been able to make make the most of them, and I think understanding that what three words is for humans has driven really all our decisions from from day one. Even if we haven't quite realised the full potential of those decisions uh, until the fullness of time plays out. Yeah, and it's not just for humans, but it's for humans to talk to machines with and to other Indeed. humans. So I think it's a it's a, it's a really great um, way of translating. I think. Now, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you if there had been some sort of unfortunate uh, collections of words out there. I mean, have you have you had to go through the data set and maybe uh, spread words apart so they didn't sound the same, or perhaps didn't sort of create any sort of unfortunate misunderstandings? Yes, there's there's a couple of points there. So the the language creation process is one that we take very seriously. It is um, extremely complicated, m many many orders of magnitude more complicated than you would imagine, even if thinking about it very hard. Um, so there are certain things that we do in particular um, for each language. Once we've understood the nuances of a particular language and any intricacies that we need to understand about how the language is spoken and spelled and written down there are things that we always do so we we do work to remove as best we possibly can all words that sound the same as each other to avoid confusion 
Um, so in English version, you won't find any address that is sale there here because you don't know how we're spelling sale, how we're spelling there, how we're spelling here, and a machine wouldn't know that, that either. We also put in a lot of effort to removing words that are offensive, um, including culturally sensitive words. So, for example, in our Arabic version, um, we're even more careful than we normally would be to, to deal with any alcohol-related words, for example. Once we've done all of that and we've removed certain other categories of words, then what we find is that each word individually should be pretty much okay, and it's a word that you'd be fine with having in your address. There will be reasons why a particular word may, may not chime particularly happily for a, a particular individual, but in general, they're all going to be fine. Of course, you can find combinations that, that are strange or unusual, a bit rude. Um, but you know what? In the real world, you have very, very rude place names as addresses that have developed through history, um, some of which have been changed from the utterly depraved and filthy um, to, 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 to you know, more modernly acceptable terms and you know people 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 live with it so it's 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 something that we are aware of and conscious of um but we put in a huge amount of effort to try to, to mitigate that and and you know minimize it to, to the negligible and negligible risk we hope yeah and, and it sounds like you, you've you've put a lot of thought into it and i guess that's a, the advantage of building something once you know and yeah. not sort of adding to it over time. So you've built this system and you had time to think about it at the start. What do we want it to look like? How do we want it to feel? What problems are we trying to solve with it? And what's the best way of doing that? That's that's right. I, I mean, our, our language, our languages team in particular um, are, you know, are, are phenomenal and they, they work with, um, they work with huge numbers of native linguists to really understand the language and, and get the design considerations for a particular new language implementation. Uh, right. And, you know, that applies across the business. A huge amount of thought goes into everything. Well, Jack, I, I really want to thank you for taking the time to, to do this interview with me. I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation. I've really enjoyed learning about the, this completely different way of addressing data and how it's going to solve problems, especially looking into the future in terms of uh, autonomous vehicles. I could see having this, this coordinate system being a massive advantage for, for people and, and for machines. Um, yeah. So I, I really appreciate your time. Before I let you go, where can we go to find out more about you or, or maybe reach out to you and, and learn more about what three words? So there's there's a huge amount of information on our on our website. You can have a play with the What Three Words map at whatthreewords.com. You can uh, watch some of our lovely videos that help tell the story and explain the use cases. Um, and of course, download uh, the app, which is available on iOS and Android. Have a play, get used to using it, and actually have it on your phone. You never know when you, you never know when you might need it. Thanks, Jack. Really appreciate it. Good. Okay. Thank you very much. At the start of this podcast episode, I mentioned our sponsor HiveMapper and I talked about how it was a platform that lets you upload video footage to the cloud and they would automatically convert that video footage to geospatial data layers that, that you could then run analysis on. So I didn't talk very much about the kinds of analysis you can do there. Once it's converted, you can do things like object detection, you can do things like change over time and you can also create view sheds and that, that's really great but i think what's really cool about this platform is that i don't need anything else i just need that video footage upload it and then the, the data that i need to do these kinds of analysis is either derived from the data i uploaded or is available for me on the platform and i think that is really really cool 
And that's it for another episode of the Mapscaping Podcast. My name is Daniel and I just want to say that I am so grateful to all the people that are sharing this podcast with their friends. It's really helping to grow the, the community and it's helping to spread the word about geospatial. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. As always, you are more than welcome to reach out to me. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, I would love to hear them. To do so, you'll find some really useful links in the show notes of this episode. Just click the information button on your podcast app and you'll see a few links there. That's it for me. I'll be back again next week with another geospatial story. We'll talk then. Bye.